are with another episode of Prima Donnas of the Gutter. And today, Amy D and I are putting our myopic lens onto Justin Bieber. This, of course, needed to happen because it did happen. Justin Bieber came out and showed the world that he was having a health problem, a rare, in the time before, rare health problem. And that brings us to the prima donnas of the gutter, because there's more to this story. And of course, there are a lot of people out there talking about it. We're going to give our take. And so with that, I'm going to bring on my sister in the gutter here, my other prima donna, Miss Amy D. Girl, how are you? Hello, Nash. I'm doing, you know, for the times, doing pretty great. Thanks for asking. (laughs) How are you doing? (laughs) Well, I'm doing great. And it's funny how we were... We're talking about what was our next topic going to be? Who are we going to tackle? I've gotten personal emails that want us to tackle each of the Kardashians. I think that's a great idea because this show is about that. The show is about pop culture and these things going on in pop culture, these people in pop culture that are creating culture, whether they know it or not. And we're, of course, looking at the sub-narrative and at the underlying arc that goes along with that. So as we have said in the other shows, this is stuff a lot of people in some of our circles, they don't pay attention to this stuff because they think it's vacuous and insignificant, and on the surface, it is. And I came from that as well, that I got to a point where it was vacuous to me and insignificant. I've been around a lot of this in my life, and I do believe that it is worth talking about sub-narrative. And part of the sub-narrative is not everything is Satan. (laughs) I'll say it for the people in the back. Okay. Can you hear me back there? (laughs) Uh, You know, so I get tired of, of that kind of cheerleading that goes on. Yes. The dark forces. I'm really enjoying the, the star Wars you know, the, the, the force that uh-huh, has the dark uh-huh. side and the light side. The dark force is for real. It's really, really, truly out there and it's definitely on the rise. And at the moment, it does seem to have the upper hand. And that's what we're here to talk about. But not everything is as it seems. And so some of these other people, with due respect, that want to pin everything on, say, Satan or Lucifer, I think sometimes lose the ball. We need to get into the nuance, into the subtlety, and we need to also recognize that there are a lot of other ideologies out there that predate Christianity, and so we're inclusive here in that way with our woo. And that is something I think that needs to be said. I just wanted to make sure that was said. It's almost like a little shopkeeping for people listening and following along. So Amy D, this is a big deal. Justin Bieber comes out of his own accord 
and tells the people, you know, he gets on his platform. He's got the one-on-one relationship like social media has delivered for the people of modern times, which I personally love. I know you do as well. And mm-hmm. I think most people do because we're cutting out the middleman. And boy, is that middleman really kicking up a stink over it. All the established mill conditioners and groomers and handlers and storytellers that want to make sure we go through them to get to the narrative. Well, this isn't the story. And so with that, though, their ability to control narratives has deepened. So the mind control becomes a deeper thing. The misinformation, the ministry of truth, all this stuff, what we're not allowed to look at, what we're not allowed to see. And still, some people are able to get messaging out, whether or not it is actually handled. You know, we should go into Brittany at some period in time. Uh Everyone's done it, but there's stuff I see that nobody's touched, girl. Oh, yes. You know, so we'll pick up some of that fruit. And just to do a wrap-up on our uh, Balenciaga show, like the ones before, we just thought the obvious, or at least I thought the obvious narrative was a heist. We've seen great people coming out talking about that was something they saw, but to me, that did look like the obvious narrative. Of course, they're masks, they have these big bags, they've got the trench coats and the dark clothing, and you know, it seemed the obvious. But one of my good friends here said, girl, we don't all see this, and so please do go into the obvious. And so we will try and break it all down when we do our breakdowns. It just feels like we could go on for hours. So yes, I hope you all got hip to the fact that that was part of the narrative with the Balenciaga show, there was this imagery of the heist. And remember, they were told to walk like they were angry. So it was a heist with we're taking ours back kind of energy. To wrap that up, Amy, do you have anything to add? You know, I don't have much to add other than I didn't see the heist because I know that we all see different things as well. And when I did hear someone mention the heist, it hit me like a ton of bricks because of all the other cues I've gotten culturally in the last maybe like five, six years, just from the, the, some of the tones I've seen songs take, things like that. It just synced up. I can't believe that I missed it so overtly because I was looking for something, I guess, maybe a little more like inside. And then I'm not used to the outside shell also being screaming information as well. I'm used to the information being on the inside. And so that it was so just, I guess that's to continue our theme of open rule. Yes. Just another um, piece to that puzzle. And that's the good thing about us trying to do weekly shows. We can have a little comment here about the last one. If you're following, you know what we're talking about. So <laughs> let's move on to this. So what we have here is some bombshell shit. Amy D., Let's look at a little bit of history here. There's a lot of narrative that goes around, and I wasn't aware, so I had to go snooping today myself. The Selena Gomez stuff and that whole thing, how it really looks, and this is just me looking in, you know, it looked like it was tumultuous, and it looked like he really, truly cared for her. I don't know. I'm just going on the little bit of diving I heard here. It sounds like songs were dedicated to her. And there was all this back and forth with Haley being upset about this birthday situation. What do we have to say about all this? 
let's reverse engineer here. There is a huge piece of what's going on, which is interweaving the narrative of what is real and what is fabricated. And Justin Bieber was one of the first celebrities ever plucked out of obscurity off of YouTube. So YouTube at one point, maybe around 2008, was a platform in which people could come and showcase their talents and it really there was no expectation i think there might have been mm, like a handful of actual youtube creators that had started working with the company but it was pretty like pristine territory and justin bieber was i guess plucked out of obscurity by usher and another celebrity i can't remember who right now and he was sort of dropped into ellen i think maybe ellen found him that's the other one too so it was usher and ellen and they turned him into a mega celebrity at the age of nine. I think it's really interesting how already we see in his origin story, he is someone who was not famous, did something that was sort of in this middle territory of being online where everyone's just sort of creating, and then he was picked. So already he's kind of moved out of the the reality into the fabricated. And that's the beginning of Justin Bieber. And then, of course, there's all of the, the drama with him and with Selena Gomez. And I don't know much about that other than it was very tumultuous, as you mentioned. And there were songs dedicated. And I know there was lots of substance abuse that was a part of the problem. He went through a huge downfall. He classically um, kind of bottomed out when he got arrested or got in trouble with the law for driving very fast in his new neighborhood. You know, very kind of innocuous stuff, but sort of like a nuisance. He's becoming someone who maybe doesn't have the best supervision. I mean, obviously, it sort of starts manifesting in the public eye at that point. He's not just like a little dreamboat. And he's kind of out of outgrowing the age of being someone who is being able to be marketed to 13-year-olds. I mean, his time has passed for that. So he's about to enter his awkward stage. His awkward stage, he goes like off the deep end, man. Like he and... I think Miley, a bunch of them kind of just go like super into drugs, which is not to say that's like a terrible thing. But for him, I don't think it was necessarily great. And he, I think, went and had to redeem himself in the public eye, a la doing a, what are they, a Friars roast? And I remember watching that and they heavily played him into the archetype of the fallen angel, which I thought was really interesting given all of the Illuminati buzz on the internet at the time like they were playing into the hands of the people talking about that while also kind of conveying the message of the fallen one you know he used to be flying so high he lost favor in the eye of the public and then here we are now he's taken it right like he has redeemed himself in the eyes of the public for the most part Haley Bieber was a huge part of that I don't know much about their coming together, but I do know that that she was a fan. In these Hollywood circles, you know, Haley is also a Baldwin. And so she has lots of connections to Hollywood royalty, essentially. It doesn't really like ring bizarre to me that she would be a fan or that they would be together. Because to me, more than her being a fan, her being connected in like in this scene. That brings us to now, which is they've been married happily. Justin is converted to Christianity. He's a part of the Hillsong Church, which has some culty sort of vibes surrounding it, but he's been able to stay pretty clean on that. Justin was about to tour again. And in this tour, he was going to make sure that everyone had been medicated or had been experimented on. You know what I'm saying? So that was a requirement to get into the building. As far as like, were they or weren't they? It's, there's not like a ton of confirmation out there, but that is in celebrities can operate on different rules, but that is interesting that he was a part of this, you know, organization that was going to, or this tour that was going to require this uh, paperwork to get in. 
So anyways, cut to a month and a half ago, his wife has a stroke and I thought that she had a stroke that was easily diagnosed as something. It sounds like I listened to her speak on it this morning. She went through like days of tests. It's still, I mean, kind of unclear. They had, they found a tear in her heart, I think. She had a blood clot and a stroke and I'll just leave it there. They've got their reasons. And it's really funny because they're so certain it's these three reasons. And then it couldn't possibly one very specific reason, but they don't know which of the reasons it was. If you look at it just from a logical perspective, nobody is making sense. So that's fun. And then, so we have last Friday in which Justin shorts out in front of the entire nation. Sadly, I really do like Justin Bieber and this is all done with so much love. I hope that he gets better. He had an issue with a stroke and now he has facial paralysis and he has all these other things, which have also commonly been associated with a medical experiment that he was requiring to get into his concert venues. But that's where we are today. That's where Justin is today. And so he has had to cancel his tour and talk to his fans and humbly come forward with a facial neurological injury that's making his face deformed. He gets by on his looks. He's had to come forward and deal with that. And so that's where we're left with that. And there's a lot more going on behind the scenes, but that's what's going on with Justin and Haley. That's a very good foundation here that we're working with. And I am intrigued by this whole Hillsong Church. I did see that he was at least in participation of something with Marilyn Manson and Kanye's service or something. Did you see that? I did see that. I know that Kanye is less associated with Hillsong now, and I had forgotten he was. But I do remember that. You just, it brought up a memory. Absolutely. So I think that's something to dig in later, especially perhaps when we start doing some of these more, I guess, myopic looks at people. And this really isn't a true myopic look at Justin Bieber because we're here to talk about him having Ramsey Hunt syndrome in conjunction with Haley Bieber having these very telltale symptoms and sickness that is completely 100% tied into the jibbity jab, jab, jab bite from where I stand. And it ain't no shade, I ain't throwing no shade on anyone who's done it or believes in it. I'm just here to point out some stuff just like Amy is. So the Hillsong Church is interesting to me. And one of the things when I was looking around Amy that I found interesting too was his switch over to Christianity. And I looked at a couple of those videos, checked out an interview with him talking about it. He does seem to have some deep conviction in that. He seems to be really true with it. So people are very attached to Justin. There's a lot of attachment that goes on with this and his story arc. And some people that aren't may not be attached to him or his work are attached to the idea or have presented the idea that he may be bucking against the pedo system that goes on in the industry, in the entertainment industry. And that because he has roots in it, this is a significant because he seems to be trying to be a normal guy out there and disassociating himself with all that craziness. And so I did kind of go down a couple little rabbit holes 
where people are talking. And of course, there's the ubiquitous one that just always makes me so sick, where they are absolutely saying that Selena Gomez and Haley are both stealth trans, and they may be. I don't have a horse in that game. I don't know. Uh, The reasons that I were seeing were ridiculous and stupid. And if you do any analysis on the human skeleton of different races of people, you will see how fast that shit falls apart. But the people that want to see that want to see that no matter what. And that's why everyone in Hollywood is a trans, right? (laughs) I get so sick of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's true that many are, but at the same time, not everyone is. And it shouldn't be a one-size-fits-all just because they're in the entertainment business. And then there's this idea with him being a fallen angel and Mm -hmm. the ambiguity that goes on with the idea of what angels are angels and demons the fallen ones etc and i find this interesting with him and when i was looking at and kind of putting my feelers into the situation around him i looked at him as a little kid as a cute little boy and a, a timeline as to where he started and where he is of just photos and the transformation and also looking at him in court. And I've got to say the him in court, that did not look like him. I don't know if you've observed that. So a lot of the woo people have pointed out that his eyes turned reptilian. Whatever did happen with those eyes, there was something there for sure. I caught it before I saw that, before they had to show me what it was, I saw it. And I saw it actually before I got to one of those woo videos of it. So it's on the original tape that I saw and the tape had nothing to do with that. So I was like, oh, that's interesting with the eye glitch. You know, I keep my eyes out for that. And so that was interesting. But the thing that seemed very strange to me And this is something I've been tracking a long time. And I've noticed it in lots of people, lots of people that are not famous. And I've noticed it in even in my videos, because I've never worn contacts, uh, color contacts in, in my adult life. So there was a time I modeled clear contacts back in the eighties in San Francisco. And I got some free ones because of that gig, but they were early versions. And because my eyes are heterochromia and there's a lightness in them that the, these were, these were the early days. So it was when they were trying to be natural, they, you, they wouldn't work on say dark eyes. And since I have a mid tone hazel eye, they worked. They worked. The green made my eyes look really green. The blues made them look a little more olive green, etc. So they really liked working with me on that, and I got the free ones. That's the 80s. That's before all the crazy contacts came in, and none of the work I've ever done, I've never been outside of that in contacts. So in my videos, you'll see there's different shades of eye color for me, and I know that that's usually from lighting, Right. Uh, I know lots of people with deep blue eyes and you get them in the house or in inside lighting and they look like they're brown eyes. And then you get out in the light and you're like, whoa, those are deep blue eyes. So we've got all this 
idea of what eyes look like. And it's all about light play with eyes. And so I'm looking at that video of Justin in court and he's got really blue, blue eyes. And I thought, wait, I just watched his video talking about his syndrome and his eyes are very brown and I hadn't really paid attention to him ever. And so I had to back up and check. I'm like, okay. And that's why I, why I went through and looked at him as a little kid. He's got brown eyes. This boy's got brown eyes, this guy, cause he's 28. He's in his Saturn return. I thought this is an interesting tape. And the very first thing I thought about that was that doesn't look like him. I haven't actually seen, I'm looking it up right now. Um, I haven't seen that, but you know, when you mentioned his eyes, I immediately think he has brown eyes. He has those puppy dog eyes. And what I thought was so interesting about what you said too about him was you imagined him as a little boy. And I think that's really funny because in the eyes of everyone, that's when he was most famous and that that's how we do see him. And I think there is something to that in how this story is being cast at us. Yes. Absolutely. This is all tied in. And this is what happens with childhood stars. So the eyes, there's something that changed around the time of that court case, around the time of him getting pulled in by the police. I haven't dug in. I know you haven't dug in to see what exactly was going on in his life and career at that moment. As you said, he was on a downward spiral using and whatever, going through what he was going through. And so there looks to be something going on with, he dramatically changes in this period. That's going to be something for us to look at later, but we should consider that there's something different about him that wasn't well original. It's interesting him. because that's when, it, when he reemerged after that whole debacle, that's when he appears on comedy central's Friars roast. And that's when he does the whole fallen angel symbolism. That was his entry back into culture at that point in time. Mm, see, this is, this is deepening. Mm -hmm. And I have heard now, I don't know how true this is, but I have heard that, and I'm just going to throw this out because we're the prima donnas of the gutter, and so we're talking woo, that new clones, just like dead people all have gray eyes, right? It, it takes, mm. it, it happens. New clones come out with blue eyes. Like a lot of babies that are born, they all have blue eyes. Not all of them. It's not, it's not an empirical thing, but a lot of babies have a different eye color and it changes. So a lot of blue eyes that go too brown. And so I know the ophthalmologists talk about that as the cones in your eyes. And so you can have brown eyes, but the cones might be blue. This is how they type your eyes that you're blue or brown eyed. Even if you're mm -hmm. brown eyed, if you have the pale cones and your eyes show brown, it doesn't matter. You're considered blue eyed. A lot of people don't know this stuff. I have heterochromia eyes, so I have, I have different eyes. There's these classifications, but people with the brown cones have brown eyes, and I think those people tend to generally have brown eyes when they're babies. As far as the ones with blue cones that end up with brown eyes, they can be born with what looks to be blue, and then it changes into dark, beautiful brown eyes, and Justin Bieber does have beautiful eyes. So this is interesting. If we think about 
did they switch him out when he was kind of raging against stuff, when he was in open rebellion, when he was acting out, what was going on? How milled did he get? Of course, Ellen is right there in the middle of so much of this stuff that we could easily call nefarious. And I think most people know this. So I find that of interest that Ellen is involved in that, and I do vaguely remember that, actually. And so was he in rebellion of some of this treatment? I saw a lot of videos talking about him with pedophilia and getting milled and knowing the business and having been at least in the periphery of it, it does have, it's for real. I can vouch that it is real. It really happens. Yes, yes. And so I can't imagine that they would say all of a sudden, well, this one, we're not going to uh, move through the ropes, right? So there's something there that we will follow up on, but there seems like there was a changed Justin Bieber. And then he gets religious And I was listening to him in an interview, and he's very sincere about it. He's very sincere. I believed him. His body language, his micro expressions on his face, he seems to really, truly feel it. Absolutely. He feels it. And so I'm not questioning that. And I, I sense that this is where a lot of people that are tied into the arc of his life are, and that some of the feedback I got from people on Twitter, which was a few people, that he is one of the good people there, that he is sincere and trying to walk the razor's edge, if you will. This is all coming at me before I even dug into him. And I, of course, was so moved by his video that he brought out where he's talking about Ramsey Hunt syndrome. And so let's talk a little bit about Ramsey Hunt syndrome. Did you dig into that? You know, I didn't because I really just stuck to the history on both him and and uh, Bieber or his wife. And I didn't go too into their illnesses because as far as my mind goes, I probably should. But it just seems to me like we're never going to get clarity on this. And I see what I need to see because they are connected in some way, even in a diagnosis. But I just see it as a more like umbrella, like malfunctioning of a neural system. And it's like a breaking down of a robot or something. And I, and I guess that's just where my mind doesn't want to go past. Right. Well, so all that's at play. So let's just look at Ramsey Hunt syndrome. And, Please. It, it, and we're not deep diving this, but it is, you know, so everyone's like, well, it's Bell's palsy. It is connected. They're related. It is the more severe version of Bell's palsy. The one that people are less likely to, there's less recovery rate with it than say with mm-hmm. Bell's palsy can be very temporary. So there's that. He's got the more extreme paralysis going on and that doesn't look good for his future and I think that when we talk about these rare disorders so Bell's palsy happens I knew about Bell's palsy before all of this stuff it was in the site guys Ramsey Hunt syndrome I didn't I hadn't heard about but when I started digging around I saw that there were a lot of 
people with RHS in the VAERS reports. And I thought, isn't this interesting? Because this one is actually rare. Bell's palsy could be considered rare, but this is actually rare. And so there are so many now that are having it that it's, it shouldn't be called rare anymore. And there are certain doctors out there talking about, there's one in particular, he's making the rounds and I apologize for not having his name, but he's like, I went 35 years or 30 years or something in this career without seeing one case. And then he all of a sudden had three cases in a month and they all had one thing in common. Right. And we're seeing it all, all over the place. Now we're seeing all sorts of athletes, all sorts of young people just experiencing very sudden deaths. I believe we've talked about SADS before on here, sudden adult death syndrome that's recently emerged. I think that emerged two or three days uh, well, when I say it emerged, it has been around, but it came into the public consciousness about two days before Justin Bieber had his incident. And, you know, it's so funny because I know we have some real um, classic symbolism people that listen. And it's if you the one picture that keeps going around of Justin Bieber with his that video he did where his face is all it's it's messed up. It's his one eye, and I can't help but think, like, that is, isn't that also, like, the symbolism that we've been seeing for the last 10 years, like, thrown at us in Vogue and, like, every music promotion? And I was just like, this is very interesting. And then to really quickly, just to tie into Ellen a little bit more, Saturday Night Live, Kate uh, McKinnon, I think her name is, she does impressions of both Ellen and Justin Bieber. And so there is a sort of symmetry in their look. Ellen, to me, in this whole picture, is a major player. I don't even know how to express how major I think she is because I haven't even put it into words yet. But, like, in my mind, I just know that she's a deeply powerful player. I think she's the head of some very – I mean, I don't know all of this, but I'm intuiting this. As some, she's, in, she's in charge of some stuff. And that that he – has that he and her had sort of an analog look an androgynous analog look at the same time was very interesting to me. And that Kate McKinnon sort of did both of them and tied them together in that way was also very interesting. It goes without saying that Ellen is definitely at the table of dark things going on (laughs) and is somehow a trafficker of sorts. Now we're not here to smear her, we don't want any issues with that, but she seemed, and when I say that she is a, a, a talk show host. And so she traffics people in and out of her show. That's one way one could look at it. She is a way station. People come to her show was like Rosie before her. She kind of filled that slot where it was a show to be on daytime. And she's a comedian. She's a jester for people out there of sorts. This is always, we need to look at our comedians in that way. When we start deconstructing the environment in which we are traversing. So she's, she's got the sacred comedy to say what she needs to say through comedy and do what she needs to do through mirth and levity. And so she's a big deal. And I think at some point 
I mean, she's involved in everything we're going to be talking about. One way or another, There's she's in there in the mix. She's definitely in the mix of this narrative because she plucks him out of obscurity. And he is also, is still, I'm looking at his face right now, and he's very androgynous. He's a handsome guy. He is definitely a handsome guy. He is handsome in ways that they tell us what handsome is or what beautiful is. He's got a very symmetrical face and there is a lot of science around symmetry and trusting people with symmetry in their faces and all this. So there's, there's a lot of stuff that moves us deeper into social engineering through these kinds of uh, players, actors in the great theater. One of the memes I saw Yesterday, I believe, and then I saw it today from Jerry, my partner at Nox Mente, is that a picture of him with his eye down, but in connection to the Toy Story baby, the doll, they both have that hunter green hat on. And I find this interesting, not that it is intentionally connected. but that it is connected. So again, we've talked about this where the sub narrative sometimes no one has to be intentional about it. The simulacrum pushes this stuff forward. So this gets pushed forward and it's uncanny. It's really, it's like, okay, this is definitely a connection. It may be far reaching for some people, but when we're talking about woo, it's not. So I don't remember the toy story the baby in it. And so I'll have to go revisit it. But I find that interesting because again, he was a child star and there's something there. So I'm just throwing that nugget out for people that may be listening and have not seen that yet or have seen it, that we should get some more eyes on that and see what's going on there. So when we're talking fallen angel, he is androgynous, like I was saying, and it may not seem like he's androgynous because he's got such a great body and all this. But if you really do look at his face, it's symmetrical. It's pretty oval. He's pretty feminine in the face. He's a pretty boy. He really is truly a pretty boy. And so, again, fallen angel imagery. And he represents a big piece of the collective, at least in the West, as far as millions upon millions, if not billions of people project onto him and have been projecting onto him for years. So as I said, it looked like he was going through his Saturn return. I believe he's 28. Yeah. You know, Meredith did his astrology yesterday or yeah. And it is really over in the left-handed side of the whole chart, like the, the first six houses. It's really interesting. And she figured out or from her interpretation, he was not really supposed to be famous. He's like supposed to be living kind of a normal life. And so in that way, it's interesting as well, because it, it keeps this theme of weaving of the reality and with the fiction and with the produced is it keeps reappearing in his life and from such a young age. 
Oh, so you mean his um, all his stuff's on the bottom half or the unseen? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, not in the public on the top half. Yeah, I, I got you. I haven't looked at his chart, but he is. I don't even know what that means, but I just thought was what was her take. I'm so astrologically illiterate. <laughs> well, that but that is correct. So okay, okay, and so he's 28. So we're talking Saturn return period, and so he's, he made it past the 27 club. However, Saturn return is a big deal. And and in the old school where I grew up, they always said it was harder on men the the first mm. Saturn cycle and the second one was harder on women for different reasons. So usually at 56 is the second one. Everyone goes through it at around 56. And women tend to be in menopause at that time, right? Mm. And mm-hmm. so it's a different story because they're getting their croning as they yes. as we call it and so the 27 28 29 the first one depending on where you're born in a cycle is still hard so saturn is all about checking where you are are you on the right path if you're not on the right path then the whole process becomes very difficult trying to nudge you into strengthening up your foundation and move forward so some people just sail right through it real easily and others don't and it you know it's the point of saturn but this isn't an astrology show and you have meredith to do that on the other show this is a big deal he is in a life-changing period of time saturn is upon him of course in the collective saturn is retrograde now we have all this mars energy going on and he comes forward with this And this is in the wake of his wife moving through these rather now very familiar symptoms, but serious, very serious symptoms. And they're both very, very young for stuff like this to be going down. Millions of people, billions of people project onto this person. He has power. She does not have the power he has. He has power. He is a golden icon. Whether you like him or not, whether you want to admit that or not, he is a golden icon. I had to listen to some of his music today for the very first time. And I think I heard some passively a couple times here and there, but I went and intentionally typed it in. And, you know, it's not my style, any of it, but it's very auto-tuned. I wasn't expecting that. Because we're talking about a golden icon, one that was plucked out of obscurity. Now think about this. Plucked out of obscurity and brought into the public and guilted and groomed and presented to the world. All these people projecting onto him, especially young kids of his generation, And he's a big deal in that way. And so he also was insistent that you had to get jabbed to see his concerts. Yes. This is a big deal. He was pushing, he was pushing this procedure and he was pushing it back when more people were less aware of what it was. And obviously him as well. Because he's now, like his wife, become a sacrifice to that. We're looking at the sacrifice of a golden idol. That's what we're looking at. And it is truly the fallen. We are really, truly observing it. It's manipulated, absolutely, maybe unbeknownst to him, 
But one of the feedbacks I got was that he may, in fact, be playing this part. That somehow he is trying to bring consciousness or bring illumination or light to this issue because of what his wife's going through. And there's certainly easy ways to do that. Botox could deaden all that. Just, you know, the right amount could absolutely create that effect. And so I thought that was a good angle to look at. And that, that goes out to Lyle out there that this is multifaceted and that we need to consider all these options. So what does that mean if he is actually trying to expose something that he is now aware of because, say, his wife's going through one of the classic side effects of the jabity jab? What do you think about this right now, Amy? Well, you know, I am agnostic. It could be either way. I think Justin right now is serving actually as his redemption arc. I think he is doing some amazing stuff right now by coming public. I know how difficult it is to face the public when you're not feeling your best, especially when it involves your face. And I know that sounds very superficial, but like that is how we recognize this guy, you know, even beyond his voice and talent or whatever, it's his face. And it's not easy. And um, whether or not he's doing that to bring awareness for Haley or for he and Haley, I don't know, but I, it really, in the way I see it, it doesn't matter because he has opened a floodgate of maybe not even being able to speak about this openly online, but it's more colloquially understood now that this is a possibility and an outcome. And I've seen it again and again and again online, people who have been injured and Vera's reported indicating that still no one believes them in their day to day. And they are told that they are crazy. And here we have at least Justin Bieber coming out. There's not trust anymore is what I'm trying to say in anything. And this lack of trust is creating little cracks everywhere. And just someone in the public consciousness, like Justin Bieber going through something that is mysterious in origin and also so easy to link to, um, you know, the, the jibby jab, it creates a real a currency for people to be able to talk about this kind of stuff with. And I don't know if that's part of a further agenda, right. To have us kind of normalize this stuff or, you know what, it's not even part of the agenda. It's dual sided. It is going to normalize this stuff, but in normalizing this stuff, we're going to be able to have more real grounded conversations about the medical decisions that are going to be thrust in front of us at like a rapid speed for the next foreseeable future. Whatever side this falls on, whether he is doing this to lead people into greater awareness that there is something else going on with all of this vaccine and health stuff, or if it is sincere, if he really did come down with Ramsey Hunt syndrome, And he is heartfelt in coming forward because of backlash of having to cancel concerts. Then we look at the idea of there's something under the current bringing 
this forward because no matter which way you look at this, he is now becoming the face of vaccine injury and yet they are not officially tying Haley's or his into that yet. In fact, they're vehemently denying that from what I could see looking, just doing a, a cursory look here. And I wonder, I question, why would they continue to toe that line? Do they sincerely believe that it's not connected, especially with the sad stuff that's all the stuff they're trying to normalize, right? Again, it's not like we're talking Haley here. I understand that people in the business and in those circles know who she is because of her parents and and you know maybe her modeling career, but he's a big megastar. He's got the level of power that Katy Perry does. He has the level of power that Britney Spears does. And so the visibility of this and him showing face to save face with people that are following him, I do think that he is being sacrificed. This is my woo, so I'll get into this. Please. I think that he is the golden idol that is being sacrificed. They've done it with a few older ones that are less relevant in public. They're more relevant to older generations. He is relevant to millennials and Zoomers. This is a sacrifice. This is a fallen angel. And the thing that makes this extra significant for me is his movement into really embracing Jesus and Christianity. And of course, as I said, there's a tie-in with Marilyn Manson and Kanye and what Kanye is doing with his whole um, church thing that's going on. But this is a big deal. And I would like to think on the one side, that he is intentionally trying to expose this for what it is and move people into a greater level of consciousness through mimicking something to get to a greater truth. However, I'm a little more cynical than that these days, and I think that he may actually just be a sacrifice that they're going to make. Now there we're on the heels here and this is this is part of it. We're on the heels here of starting to see a great deal of ghoulish stuff happen when we start to hit this 2-year mark. I can tell you people are not prepared for what's coming. They are just not prepared. And this is part of the other substack if you will of this is that this is a way to start preparing younger people for what the future at this moment may bring to their doors. And so everyone's kind of watching to see how this is going to play out with him because this isn't like Bob Saget. This isn't like, uh, you know, these aging Xers and right. and boomers that you know cuz everyone's like well they're older you know blah 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 they're you know they're in their 50s and 60s and 70s this is a young man who's still in his 20s and so i think as we move deeper into the ritual theater of everything we're seeing and talking about the blood's flowing and 
the more the blood flows, that, yeah. the more rabid the people are going to get. So this could actually, if he does come out and say he thinks this is related, now I know that this is related, but if he actually acknowledges it, that it's related to to this narrative that we've just all gone through in the last year and a half, yes. that's going to create a big, huge whiplash in the system that could play into this greater narrative of discourse, of disenchanted people, of mistrust and violent uprising. And it takes the sacrifice of golden idols to do this. And the thing that makes it more significant is his turn towards Christ, is his turn Mm -hmm. towards the, what? What is Christ? Christ is a Savior God. Christ was persecuted. Christ became basically a golden idol, even though the message of Christ is to not worship golden idols. Uh, but he did. He is a modern day golden idol. Whether people want to pull up to that or not, right. it's true. And so, if he becomes martyred to this, and it becomes acknowledged within his camp, we are looking at a very big causality wave, and I think we're set up for that. So we're watching it. And we're looking at it in a way that is, how is this going to play out? Because we don't know right now. He gave an update today that he's on the mend, right? I mean, that was the update I saw. He's resting. He's feeling all right. And then, you know, the Haley stuff is kind of coming back to the surface. So everyone's paying attention to that. And one of the things that is to keep our eye on is that while this is all happening, we have a major crash in the stock market. Right. We can't separate this. So remember, this is the bread and this is the bread and circus show. So (laughs) Justin is a part of a bigger arc here that he's not aware of. He's not aware of the fact that now they're crashing the markets. Another food place in Wisconsin, I believe, just burned yes. down. If we look back at what they were doing in World War One, say, let's look at the Bolshevik period, yes. Yes. revolution in Russia. They took all the food from those people. They came into the villages and they took the food. They burned crops. They did all this stuff. They crashed economies. They killed the Christians in Russia. If we start to look at what was going on with the uptick in World War One, as we moved yes. into the 20s and 30s, which is where we are now, the similarity in some of this narrative is uncanny. Absolutely uncanny, like the same stuff is going down with them taking away our food supply, burning down all this stuff. We, 1919, we had that uh, the Spanish flu. Now we have this. And it's obvious to me what the bigger woo is here. And so 
could it be, could it really be that Justin might be one of those triggering agents to bring upon some unseen action from the already very actionable youth of the culture. This could really kick this up in another notch. And while this is kicking it up another notch, this other stuff's going down in the background. Losing our Fourth Amendment here in the United States for 100 miles of the border, that's almost all of Florida. That certainly includes a, a, a lot of the, you know, all around the coast. 100 miles in, everyone's lost their Fourth Amendment. This is a big deal. Meanwhile, we are looking at Bieber, yes. the wheel is turning here. And as we look back, Amy, and we see what was Balenciaga showing us, what have we been seeing at these awards ceremonies? What are we seeing in the pop culture that you and I cover? All this stuff is actually playing into this bigger narrative that is looking to me like a very big reset, not a little reset. So we find ourselves looking back at the last turn of the century and moving up into what became World War I. Remember, the United States kind of got suckered into World War I, and then that turned into... Germany wanting their nationalism and wanting to be separate and not be so downtrodden from the stuff that was going on from the Bolshevik revolution, which was bloody and terrible, 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 terrible. Millions upon millions of Christians were slaughtered in that. And uh, nobody really talks about that. That's like one of those things. Everyone talks about World War II and the agenda there. But so this pendulum swinging and Justin Bieber is the modern day looking to be set up golden idol that is going to be a martyr. This is what I see. This is kind of my woo with this because the new generation hasn't plugged in enough to start questioning the vax. No. And the one thing I was going to suggest that might be different between now and World War One, unfortunately for us is, and maybe fortunately, is the internet and our attention spans and things like that. I have noticed the people who post about this kind of stuff have definitely kept up with posting about Justin Bieber. I've seen some very funny memes. I've seen some very informative memes. I've seen some sassy stuff. And then I've also just seen a lot of more of the same from the people who just are interested in, you know, watching cat videos, nothing against cat videos. But I think that there's so much noise and it's really interesting at this point. I keep coming back to this idea that so much information has come out at this point and that, you know, Justin Bieber is like the, the, the cherry on top. I mean, you can see all this stuff everywhere And yet there is still a subset of the population that is determined to keep up with this schedule that they they are like, you know, convinced they're going to roll out. And I just think, you know, though, I think maybe because of the 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 jibby jab that they're they're thinking is not so clear. And then I also think because of just the commitment to the initiation of the jibby jab, they don't want to see it clearly or they have sort of a subconscious attachment to seeing the world, you know, through the eyes of the medical paradigm I don't necessarily know if we're going to get those people on board, but I would say literally for everyone else, I've noticed it's more easy to talk about now. It reminds me of the time that Aaron Rodgers came out saying, or it came out like as an expose that he had not taken the, um, the treatment 
that was a huge problem for lots of people. But in do, in creating all of that turmoil and those waves, what he also did was enable the conversation for me and my mom. My mom loves Aaron Rodgers, and she hadn't understood my position until, I mean, sadly, this is where our relationship is at. But she hadn't understood my position until she saw it through the eyes of someone who, you know, like is really just standing their ground and doing what they want for them. So I'm just, I, I'm hoping that more and more people through seeing this will have grace for others who have had this experience, this negative adverse reaction experience that we can talk about it more honestly. And, you know, whatever comes from that would be great. But I definitely um, think that, like you mentioned, there's going to be some anger and to kind of piggyback on that this week is, um, come to my attention that at least the DOD is a little bit interested in monitoring our um, national security for kind of fear of maybe some polarizing tensions, or I guess that would be a kinder way of saying like a civil war issue that people are going to start getting really polarized. That also came out, I think a day or two before the whole Justin thing surfaced. So just for what it's worth in the timeline, that was interesting they're preparing for something. They're not preparing us for anything, but they're preparing for something most definitely. Right. We're watching the set. We're watching the setup. The stage is being set. It's a full immersion experience. The 5G, the 6G and the 7G are at play here. And augmented reality and VR and all this what they're doing with 5G and what they're doing with 6G, because we in China, I think they're in 7, is they're introducing spectrums of frequency that are are not, you know, we're not normally exposed to. And this is a whole different show, but I just want to bring this in because it's in context to possibly the narrative going on with Justin. So there are people out there saying that basically the Vax had is, I guess, basically a saline solution, which I I disagree with. But that what they're really doing, it's the smokescreen to cover up what they're doing with the energetic frequency attacks through this technology. I think it's a combo. I, I definitely think that... Yes the vaccine is something that is weaponized and I think it's everything I've talked about in the past. I'm, so I'm not going to go down that road here, but I am deep with that woo. And I think that because of the operating system that is in people, the, the crystals that are now being shown, the nanotubulos tubulars that are being shown, the operating system of graphene oxide and the receptors and all this stuff that's going on, that this stuff can be targeted. They can manipulate your emotions through frequency, vibration, and energy. And there is a thing called Li-Fi out there. We've talked about it in the past. So light and frequency and also radio frequency, also millimeter waves and all different kinds of radiation. These things can dictate sickness they can make you throw up they can make you sweat they can make you sick to your stomach headaches pounding headaches it can mimic every kind of illness it they can create a cancer within you they can change your mood they can control you in every which way remotely and in the old world say 
the MK Ultra stuff and the Tavistock stuff and the social engineering stuff where you needed to get people, it needed to be more one-on-one and more are in control groups of people so you could traumatize them and then get the fracturing of the psyche and compartmentalize people's psyches through this kind of terrorism on an individual. Well, what they're doing now is we've just come out of a mass trauma event collectively across the whole realm and it's continuing. We're under it right now. And so people are all subject to this type of manipulation, whether they want to believe it or not. That's, that's your doing on your end over there. But I know this is happening and I know the mechanisms in which this work as well. And you just need to follow the breadcrumbs that I've just laid for you. I mean, look up Tavistock, look up MK Ultra, and these are patented. These were government organizations that these were government sanctioned. This is all out there. This is not theory. This is fact. And so now they don't need to do anything that involves one-on-ones or small groups. This can be done remotely and distantly. And yes, we are going to see an, an unrest going on. And the people that are behind this, the shadowy hand, I think is, and here's the big woo, I think it's non-human, they are going to play it as they want to. So on one hand, this is sport people, because if they wanted to just kill us all off, we know they could just make it, get it quick and done. But these things, these, these non-human entities, they're interdimensional entities that are taking possession of the human bio form. And ironically enough, this week we see that bioorganics on technology where they're telling us again that cyborgs, cybernetics, clones, robots, sentient AI is in the news right now. All this and stuff robots. Right. That's what I'm saying. All this stuff is in the news right now. This stuff's all in the news right now. But this is all old stuff. And so people that have been down these roads before are aware of this and we've been talking about this, but it's it's vindication time because now they're presenting it to people in the public. But I want you to know this is old tech. And they're just letting you know because the narrative is pushing forward. And the way they move the narrative forward is by manipulating pop culture. And by manipulating pop culture, you bring it into an arena where people can see it and participate with it. And therefore, it becomes real. Justin Bieber is a big player in this. And that's why we are covering it. This is going to change the face of everything, whether people want to see that or not. And they may not come back and look at this moment where all this stuff happened this week. And then the crown on the cherry, the thing that actually made all the big news is actually Justin Bieber, not the stock crash, not the fact that they, you know, a, an executive, a, a programmer saying the AI is now sentient, not that they just talked about bio uh, organics on computers 
skin jobs, if you will, not all this new the fourth stuff. Fourth Amendment, yeah. The Fourth Amendment, all this stuff that just kind of got released and dumped. That stuff's all flying under the radar. What's not flying under the radar? Pop culture, Justin Bieber, the sacrifice, and the sacrifice that is Christian. And so this does tie into the Christian narrative because what's going on in the bigger picture here is there is a religious war going on. There are very angry other people in other Abrahamic sections of Christianity, if you will, uh, uh, Abrahamic religions, so they're not Christians, you know. So I don't, I don't want to pinpoint them all out. Everyone knows who they are, but there's an invasion happening all over the Western world of these people into the Western world, and now we have a Christian martyr that was already associated with being a fallen angel. Now we have a young boy plucked out of obscurity that was brought into the mill brought forward and turn you know went down the dark path got in trouble had a come to god come to jesus moment and becomes a, a outspoken christian and now he is becoming a target of the system through through the sinister dark alley of a hidden hand. And so we cannot overlook this idea of the religions happening. There's video right now in France where there's a whole bunch of other people from a, an Abrahamic religion saying France is theirs. And there's just thousands of them moving through parts of France and Paris and stuff saying that there are all kinds of markers in the Western world, in Europe, in America, in Canada, in New Zealand, where these are traditionally very Christianized places. Whether or not you're a Christian and you're an American or not, you know, it doesn't matter. America is really definitely associated with Christianity. I can say this and feel fine about saying that. Canada is as well. New Zealand is as well. Europe is as well. And they're being infiltrated and taken over. And so this bigger war that's going on between these warring factions within a religious sense are at hand. And then we have the insidious nature of the fact that we're looking at a big kind of reset, not just financially, from fiat into digital, which is everywhere, according to WEF, right? And and, yes. and Davos and Bilderberg and all these people, and Bill Gates, these people that are running the show that I think are part of the shadow hand are telling us what's happening. And now all the smart grids, all the smart cities, and all that stuff's kind of fallen to the wayside. But Justin Bieber, by God, is making all the headlines. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's so much going on historically right now. And the other, the other um, time that came to mention was, didn't they just unearth like about like 60 mummies in Egypt this last week? 
I know this isn't yes. the Western world, but we do have like the the empire sort of Egypt empire mentality happening. And I thought that was very interesting. Also, how that could play into um, the fallen ones and also the resurrections that are. Well, we hear we have our eyes everywhere. We are just telling stories here. And so, you know, we're just trying to see and look and talk about things. So, yes, there's a lot to be said. So Egypt holds so much relevance in the realm all around. I don't care who you are, where you are. Egypt's a major player. It always was. The holy, sacred bloodlines out of Egypt. Egypt is such a major player that I think so many people are blinded to how significant it is, and and not only Egypt, but also Sumer, yes, Ur, and all that Mesopotamia, the cradle of in the old world we called it the cradle of civilization. Now there's a lot of scholarship that is putting that into balance, but we have holy sacred bloodlines coming out of there, and we have holy sacred magical relics coming out of there and the different dynasties and their progression through a narrative and arc are interesting. But when we go back and we look at these dynasties and we look at what the priests were doing and we look at the different ways in which these mummies were preserved, why they were preserved and all that, we have to consider all this when they're starting to exhume them. And not only that, this brings in Ukraine. Ukraine, if you remember, several years ago had a huge discovery of pyramids and sacredness come forward. And people have forgotten about this. This made the world news. This was a very big deal. Now, Iran is a big, big player here. And Iran is conceivably at least genetically part of where the Caucasians come out of Iran. And a lot of people lose track of that when they're thinking about the genealogy of bloodlines and uh, Iranian people have been considered, you know, the original white people. Now I know there's going to be a lot of kickback to that because we're talking Scandinavia and Norsemen and all this, but there's, you got to follow it back back far enough and there's some validity in it. I'm not here to debate that. It's just stuff I've heard and it's stuff that is in the zeitgeist out there. It's I'm just putting it on the table for people to look at and consider, just consider it. And we consider it when we consider the fact that that area of the world in the idea that it's the cradle of civilization and we consider it under that context. So if we put it into that context... There's a lot of woo around all these wars where the museums get raided and things get taken under the guise of whatever they're saying, what big bad evil they have that we need to subdue. But it's funny how in all the wars, the museums get raided and the private collections of old technology and old magical things get raided and commandeered. I've always found that like, that's just too obvious for me. So you're doing something for the betterment of everyone, right? On the side you're on, on the side your people are on. And it's the, it's the whole cheerleader Thing, right? We're Americans. Woohoo. So, you know, it's Team America or it's Team 
it's team Germany or it's, you know, it's team Libya. It's, you know, whatever team people are programmed and conditioned, especially post Tavistock era in our world. Now religions are always doing this. They're always banning you together. And so religious movements are a big deal. We see that with the Knights Templar. We see, we see this with the expulsion of everyone. Look at the Huguenots. And so religious movements changed the world. Well, the controlling hand knows this. So to arm them in a way, to agitate them in a way, to get that fervor going takes some skill. And there are people with this skill. And so when we look at new artifacts coming forward from, say, Egypt, which is an amazing amazing nest of old ancient technology and not only that ways when we start exhuming or being told that new things have come up out of the ground out of the deep from egypt or in south america or in ukraine or wherever they're coming out and we get glimpses of them there's always something to be shown. They show us something enough. So if you're paying attention and you realize, okay, there's four normal mummies and then there's the one that you know is like some sort of a bad or not not human or are not good. It's it's painted differently. It's got different seals. It's bound. Different, you know, there's always some symbolism there that you can read if you're looking at it that's different from the others. But they won't tell you what it is. You just get to see the imagery that these things have been exhumed from our deep past, right? And then they come into being shown to the people and then they go back into obscurity And then possibly we get the follow-up through the archaeologists and all the specialists about what's what and what's this and that. And that's usually where the whitewashing happens. And I don't mean that by skin color. I mean like where they just wash over like uh, the whole narrative. So that just happened. It's not just happening there. This stuff is starting to be talked about in Ukraine Again, what was taken out of Ukraine several years ago? What is still going on in Ukraine that is causing this type of uh, attention to that part of the world? Of course, we know Breadbasket is titled uh, or tagged to Ukraine. And so more of that food narrative, like we saw with the Bolshevik revolution where they were taking the food. So I think what we're on the crux of is they're going to release now a disclosure of technology and the disclosure of technology is going to be wrapped in singularity. It's going to be wrapped in the new cloning techniques. It's going to be wrapped in sentience of things that are non-human and it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. But well, isn't that what we're seeing this week between the sentient AI and then the skin robots that can regenerate with on their own i mean isn't that what we're seeing we're seeing all these um, yes. analogs that you're saying i mean it's amazing i was like oh i'm gonna look out for these and then as you're you're saying it i'm like oh my gosh they've already happened it's happening simultaneously concurrently and what if with some of these injuries we're seeing say some of the golden idols what if they can just presto help people with this new technology right what if they can give 
Bieber some sort of miracle cure through technology. I don't know that this is going to happen. I'm putting a what if. What if they pose it as, well, just in time, we can now treat this. We can now save you through some of this technology. And we are already awakened to the idea that cyborg type people exist. And I want to point this out. If I lost an eye and I have the ability, if I lost both my eyes, I have the ability to have cyborg eyes and see again, I'm probably going to want it. I can just tell you straight up. It's, it, it, it would be a soul contract with myself as to why am I doing this? Do I really need to see and all that? But I'm, I'm probably going to be moved to do that. And this is a deeper narrative. So this is a sub narrative. Let's go here because we have the time right now. Everyone should be looking at computers with blue tech glasses. We are slowly being blinded by our monitors. And I'm just throwing this out. This is a breadcrumb for you out there to go and research. I'm not here to inform you further on it. I just want to throw you the breadcrumb. But there is a concern. So I'm giving you the woo. You can go find the receipts. They're out there. The woo is they're slowly blinding everyone. And so smart people actually use blue tech glasses. I do. And the blue tech glasses are out there everywhere because this is actually a real thing. And there's lots of articles. There's lots of receipts. Why too much screen time is terrible. But you'll in that pile of information, even with how censored everything is now, because you are all in a firewall. We are all basically in a little China and you sometimes have to find your way outside of the firewall to get to real information. I just did a deep dive about this on this with the, uh, with uh, Dan Shukas of the Cosmic Keys new show on Rockfin that he's calling Speak Easy. And so I talk about that. I talk about that a lot. But what I'm saying here is there's an agenda, silent weapons for silent wars. Deborah Tavares out there has talked about this, where they're blinding people. The receipts are out there. The patents are out there. Blue tech glasses are a must if you spend any time in front of screens. And this is part of what's going on with the light bulbs. A lot of our states, we can't get old school light bulbs. And so the lights are becoming dangerous to your natural eyes. Well, why are they slowly blinding us? Because technology is going to save you. Technology is the savior here, and it's all being set up for technology to be savior. Remember Metropolis, the film. Remember the 1920s. Remember this new boom of everything. As everything falls, all the new rises. And so... If you are blinded and they give you sight through new tech, cyborg type sight, new new eyeballs that plug you into everything now, and now okay. everything is is there. So you get, you know, there there might be a range of options. So you can get your new eyeballs that will give you sight through your optic nerve again. And um, you can have options. You can have like full engagement where you can get right into VR. Uh, I suggest that there, it's probably all going to be enabled and you, you go in and un, 
you know, you go in and enable it or not like you do with your phone. I think it's going to be something like that. But how do they get you to that point? They get you on your knees. One of the ways to do that is to blind everyone and then say, we have this magical science has just now got this. You can see it. The blind can see again. And these are miracles that are going to happen. And see, the Christians out there may recognize this as part of, say, the Antichrist narrative that's coming forward. Now, this is the stuff people can start looking at as the mark. Because no one, most, a lot of people aren't going to take chips. A lot of people, as they see, aren't going to all take the vaccine. A lot of people aren't hand having any of this. But if they blind you, and then they have eyes for you to see what they want you to see as text so that you may see again, the blind may see again, this is a superpower. This is also part of the disclosure that's bigger with, say, the others, the ET, the false ET disclosure of the new tech. So who's behind the new tech, right? So all this stuff is at play right now, and all it takes is getting people on their knees to accept that which they would not accept before. So you can get people to buy so far. There's a huge amount of people that won't go digital, period. They're still out there, and they're of all ages, Granted, a lot of them are boomers and a lot of them are Gen Xers, but they still won't get a smartphone. They still have flip phones. So I know a lot of people still have landlines. They turn off everything at night. They turn off Wi-Fi and all this. A, they can kill you off. And sure, you know, this is definitely a depopulation agenda going on, Georgia Guidestones and all that. It's also a great reset. And so the new species is really where everything's at. The new babies being born under this new genetic manipulation and CRISPR technology. But cyborg reality, how do you get everyone to bend the knee? Well, they're not going to take it if you just give them a choice. But if they lose something they love, like sight, and then there's an option to see again, most people will go that route. Just like we see with the bionics involved with soldiers who lose their legs and their limbs. Look at how advanced all that is. And now with what came out this week with putting real biological, biological tech on top of those robotics, skin, circulatory system that keeps it warm, the whole nine yards, Westworld, baby, then we're looking at the future. And we're looking at different things in the field now. So all of a sudden, this doesn't sound strange. It's not woo. It's technology that's healing us, that's saving us, that's making our lives better. But all the while, we are moving further into what is really, truly a virtual reality, what is really, truly a facsimile of what we considered reality. And there are so many ways to get people to do it. They're not going to make having a phone, a a smartphone, you know, you have to have one or you can't play. Certainly, you have to have one to get along with a lot of stuff, and they can push that as much as possible. It's just not going to play out that way. It's going to play out in in these other ways that they take something away from you that you really want and then they tell you they can give it to you and heal you. This is God narrative. That's what's playing out. This is tied into whether people want to see this or not. 
what just happened with Just Art Bieber yes. and and how he is the veneer on top of all the disclosure that came forward this week. He is the cherry on top because why? Because pop culture, because pop culture tells you everything you need to know. It's the top layer, it's the cherry, and then if you dig down, all this other stuff is circling under it. What do you think, Miss Amy D? I think that is a, a terrific assessment. I can't help but think of the the pharmacy connection to Egypt and how that's kind of where that story begins, according to so many legends. And I can't help but think about how I'm seeing this narrative play out in real time with the younger generations. I myself am a zennial. I'm in that like sweet spot that's between X and millennial. But a lot of the millennials and a lot of the the Gen Zers are on social medias. And I've noticed this real trend, especially on TikTok, it's toward authenticity. But under the branch of authenticity, there is this real like attention to sick people. So I've learned about a bunch of different illnesses that a bunch of people have that I think they're trying to insist that I have that I don't have. And I've learned about a lot of mental illnesses and I've learned about how these people treat their many illnesses. And it's not always a a glowing review of the hospital or of the medical system, but the overarching theme is the medical system. The medical system is the answer. The medical system is the savior. The medical system is the tie that links all of these disparate, desperate people together. And I really just see a push of all of this Well, there's another push for the emotional thing. I mean, they're trying to get the AI emotionally trained. So that's why we have this great push for our to discuss our emotions online and things like that. But outside of that, and I think it's that was kind of a a milestone in the road towards where we are now, which is just people openly talking about the thing in self-diagnosing themselves with pathologies and with symptoms that they may or may not even be picking up from the internet. I mean, there's that story a few months ago about the um, the Tourette syndrome being picked up sort of by osmosis through TikTok, which was interesting. It, it sort of does seem that is the main thing that gets pushed. Like you have the dancing girls, you have the dog videos, you have the videos of sick people who are requiring medical intervention, or you have people, even the the in, the adversely affected that have reported to VAERS, it's like even they are, when they are talking about the thing that that caused them the problem, they are then seeking the answer from the same entity that caused the problem. So it's really just this loop of like, even if I'm damaged, I have to go back to the thing that hurt me. I have to go back to the thing because it's the only thing that can heal me. And, you know, I can't promise anyone um, a solid, you know, thousand year material life or anything. I mean, I'm pretty sure we all expire. But what I can say is that there's ways to mitigate your engagement with the medical system as much as possible. And it's from what I've seen with my parents and just how I've lived my life, the least you interact with them, if it's at all possible, the better, because it's just like all of their hooks get you. And then it's like, it's not just one thing, it's five things. And that causes 10 more things. And that's just what I see is a real, um, the, the guard is down against big pharma. Whereas maybe even two years ago before COVID, it would have been basically ubiquitously understood, at least in the United States, that there was some funny stuff going on with big pharma. 100% with you on that. And just, I don't even have anything to add to that. It was right there. As we kind of come into wrapping this, it is worth noting that as people move into into this transhumanistic experience, 
that whole thing that Klaus Schwab said that you will own nothing and be happy. Remember, remember that you can be remote controlled through frequency, vibration, and energy, Tesla. And your mood can be turned to happy, can be turned to riot, can be turned to crazy. And so part of that you will be happy can actually be something that they beam out at you through your lights, through your devices, in other ways. It's not far-fetched. And this is at the point where we need to just constantly pay attention to these factors coming into our cognitive sight. And that's where pop culture plays in. And that's where Miss Amy D and I talk here on the prima donnas of the gutter. So Amy, as we wrap up, do you have final thoughts? And also let everyone know where they can find us in the world. My final thoughts are essentially what they're always going to be, which is this is just a story that's unfolding in front of all of us in real time. And luckily, I have this ability to talk with Nish every week or so and kind of connect. But um, if this is just something that we're putting together, it's a it's a dream that we're all sort of experiencing a waking dream. There's definitely stuff to be found there. And while there's also like deep woo and darkness, I think there's also like beauty to be found there. And that's what I would say. And you can find me at either um, take the gold pill at Instagram or at um, prima donnas of the gutter podcast on Instagram. And we have uh, an email as well. Yes. Prima donnas of the gutter podcast at gmail.com. Please come and say hello. Yes. Uh, Hit us up. Amy D kind of runs all that because Amy D is so good at all that. And I'm, of course, at the Cosmic Salon and then on Nox Mente or the Obelisk as well. So nobody needs to know that. Just this is Prima Donnas of the Gutter, and that's what we're talking about. That's right, sister. So I want to thank you, my sister. I really love what we're doing. And thank you to everyone out there who's paying attention help inform us. Tell us what's going on. Tell us what you think. And if there's more to add to the conversation, we want to know. We are out here postulating ideas and throwing ideas out and looking at everything with an open mind. And so we're not, nothing set in stone with us. We're observing and we're inviting you to observe the gutter as well. Thank you. 